The following program is for informational and educational purposes only. This program does not replace medical, mental health, or psychological diagnosis and treatment prescribed by your personal physician, psychologist, therapist, or other health care provider. Please consult your provider for diagnosis and care before beginning or changing any program or idea discussed. Welcome to Speaking of Nutrition with Tom Mantos and co-host Fred Fornicola. Our program discusses the facts about chronic health conditions and shows you remedies that work. Now, here are your hosts, Tom Mantos and Fred Fornicola. Hello, everyone. This is Tom Mantos, Speaking of Nutrition, and my sidekick, Fred Fornicola. Hello, everyone. Thomas, we have a topic today that I know is very uh, important to you. My favorite topic. I know that. I know that. It is a very interesting one. It's one you kind of turned me on to about 30 years ago. And I've learned from you and I learned on my own. But it's an amazing, amazing thing we're going to talk about today. I uh, hope people really appreciate what you have to offer as far as information. And today's topic is it's called the amazing system of medicine called homeopathy. Now, homeopathy was uh, discovered by Dr. Samuel Hahnemann in the late 1700s. And uh, he's known as the father of homeopathy. And from his, one of his books, Organon of Medicine, uh, Dr. Hahnemann states, the highest ideal of therapy is to restore health rapidly, gently, permanently, to remove and destroy the whole disease in the shortest, surest, least harmful way, according to clearly comprehensible principles. So Tom is going to be talking a lot today because he's got a lot of information to cover. We have some really good tidbits and some, some stories that we were going to talk about how the homeopathy is so effective, but uh, Tom's going to talk to you a little bit about the history right now. Yeah. And what I, what I want to do, there, there's a lot to cover because w- with homeopathy, there's tremendous amount of misconceptions. People think it's vitamins and minerals and using herbs and they're really not sure what it is. And uh, they have a lot of questions about it. Does it really work? There's such a dilute substance. There's no molecules left and all that. So what I want to do is take you through a, a history and then I want to take you through the specific laws and principles. As you heard, the one law that Fred read, read there, we don't treat chronic diseases in this country like that, right? We don't cure them. No. And they're long and drawn out, and you have toxic medications and side effects. So I want to take you through the laws and principles. Then I'm going to talk about some epidemics that were cured by homeopathic medicine. And then I'm going to teach you some basic things on how you can do acute remedies at home. You could treat your dogs and cats. You can treat your children, your friends and family. Acute remedies, you know, it's just something that just happened. You fall, you get a bruise, you get a bloody nose, you have a flu or a cold, you have an emotional upset. These, you only need a couple of symptoms. So you can learn that and treat it yourself. And there's no harm. You're not going to cause any harm to anybody, even even a small baby. There's never been any side effects or harmful effects in over 200 years using homeopathic medicine. Now, treating complex chronic diseases is another is a whole nother ballgame that takes years and years and years of study to even attempt to do a chronic complex disease. It's very complicated. Personally, I studied homeopathic medicine under the renowned uh, Dr. Luke DeShepper, and I studied in Boston for six years, and I still have more studying to do, be honest with you. So here's kind of the uh, the history. The, the principles of homeopathic medicine goes back all the way to, remember Hippocrates, the father and mother of medicine in the fifth century BC. And he was the first person to think disease was caused by natural forces. Back then they thought ghosts and goblins and curses and all this other stuff caused all the diseases, not divine influences. His concept of healing was in order to cure a disease, you needed to give the person something like a similar disease to that disease that they had, and that cured the disease. And that's the basic principle of homeopathic medicine. And this is quite true. We're going we're to learn about it a little more. So again, it's an illness can be treated by a substance capable of producing a similar uh, symptoms or, or illness in the person. Now, most Medical treatments, if you go back 1700s, 1800s, and even the earlier 1900s, were based on the laws of contrary, that a disease should be treated by a substance that produces an opposite effect. Right. And this is basically Newton's third law. Mm-hmm. 
for every reaction, there's an opposite equal, equal reaction. Right. Okay. Mm-hmm. Medicine practices the same thing today. Mm-hmm. All right. Now, an example of this would be you're constipated. You go to the doctor. Doc, I haven't went in three weeks. It's like, oh my goodness. Mm-hmm. Right. So you gotta you gotta get something right. at the time. Mm-hmm. So he gives you a laxative, which is an opposite. Right. But if you're on that laxative for a couple of years, mm-hmm. now you can't have a bowel movement without the laxative. Right. You're addicted to the laxative. Mm-hmm. In homeopathy, we would give it a remedy that produces a similar type of constipation to what you have, mm-hmm. and that would cure cure the case. Mm-hmm. And you wouldn't have to keep taking Natural, a stupid naturally thing. Too. Yeah, you have to stimulate your immune system, which I'm going to teach you about that. Right. So an example of like cures like, for instance, if you burn your hand, what do you put it in, Fred? Cold water or hot water? I put it in tepid water. I never used cold water. Okay. Right. So you put it in cold water, initially feels good. Right. Hand comes out. When it dries off. Blister. Opposite equal reaction. The hand becomes warmer than the other hand. Now the burn feels worse. Mm-hmm. See, old cooks do that. Yeah. So the idea is you put it in hot water, not where you're going to burn yourself again, but like 120 degree water till it goes to room temperature. The burn is almost healed. Mm -hmm. Mountain climbers get frostbite. Right. They put their hands in cold water. Right. Not hot water. What do they do in India? India, 110 degrees out, Fred. Drink tea. Hot tea. Hot tea. Cools the body down. Right. So that's an opposite equal reaction. That's Mm -hmm. just the laws of nature. That's Mm -hmm. how we work. Mm -hmm. All right. So you keep those things in mind. And I'll tell you a little history of Samuel Hannerman, uh, one of the greatest geniuses of our time. He, he phenomenal, and he was born in nineteen uh, nineteen seventeen fifty five <laughs> in uh, Dresden, Germany, and he studied both chemistry and medicine. And in 1779, he set up a medical practice. He was one of the best chemists in the world at the time. Right. Spoke at 24 years old, mm. spoke eight languages fluently. Wow. Okay. So he also made money translating texts into Latin and German, like medical texts. Mm-hmm. Phenomenal. Right. And this is a time when medicine, you know how they treated people, Fred? Terribly. Oh, the bloodletting and all that and, stuff. and purgatives. Yeah. So they killed almost all their patients. Right. So, you, you know, they're like, oh, look, Mrs. Jones is writhing in agony and screaming in pain. Mm-hmm. So they bloodlet her. Look how much better she is. Yeah. You just let half of her blood out. <laughs> That's right. So he was against this. Right. He'd been bastard the, the medical community about it. Mm. Um, he had lots of problems with the medical board. They threw him out of medicine. His whole life he had problems with it because he went against what they were doing. And he preached about the importance of hygiene. They had no hygiene back then. No, no. Doctors, doctors would have bowel movement and then go do surgery, wouldn't wash right. their hands. Well, people they didn't know about disease. Right. Pasture wasn't out or nothing. People just used the local creek to, you know, urinate and do everything else. And yeah. it was disgusting. He 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 told people about they needed to get fresh air. They needed to get out of moldy basements. They didn't realize the moldy, the moldy environment would make you sick. Right. He had them get sunshine. He told them. They had to drink clean water. They had to uh, clean themselves. When they washed their hands, it had to be under running water, not still water. Or things we take for granted now because yeah. we're smart enough. So he, now, was, he was amazing. He, very intricate how he would change their diet. So he, seen, he knew about bacteria and the presence of it mm-hmm. before Pasteur even came out. Wow. All right. The other thing, he, um, besides you know, doing that with his patients, they threw him out of medicine because of his bombasting them about the purgatives. And mm-hmm. he had big, big things with them, mm-hmm. you know, against them at the time. So eventually he gave up his medical practice and he made money just by translating medical texts. Okay. Now in his readings, this is kind of how it started at the time. He had 13 kids, 13, 13, fertile. Man. So he was, he was virile. <laughs> <laughs> Kind of like myself. Yeah, right? sure. Right. Um, and he read, he read back then they were treating malaria with a chemical from the Peruvian bark. It's called chinchona or quinine. We know it as quinine, quinine today. Yeah. And he was, and it worked against malaria, mm-hmm. you know, regular dose, drug dose. Mm-hmm. He's like, how can that possibly work against malaria? It's not that powerful and astringent because he was a top chemist. And 
what he decided to do was he decided to dilute some quinine and ingest it. Mm-hmm. And guess what? He developed the symptoms of malaria. Symptoms. He didn't have it. Right. So he stopped. It would go away in an hour or so. So he's like thinking, what the hell? So he would practice. He would dilute it more, mm-hmm. you know, over periods of time. He would dilute it. He would take it, give him malaria again. And on and on. Not so malaria, now, but the symptoms of malaria. The symptoms of malaria. Right. Okay. He would stop it. He would clear up and he'd feel 100%. Right. Right. So then he began thinking and he remembered Hippocrates with Hippocrates that said, the only way you can treat a disease is treat it with a similar disease. Right. So he's thinking it works on malaria because it produces malaria symptoms mm-hmm. in a healthy person. So then he experimented on all his kids. Right. Get 13 chances. <laughs> yeah. And then what he did was he experimented on people. And what he found was he started proving other substances. He would make a liquid out of different materials uh-huh. and dilute it. And he found that by proving it on other people, not only would they develop some physical symptoms, they would develop mental, emotional sure. symptoms. Right. So all this was characterized in what's called the materia medica that we have today. So mm-hmm. it's the symptoms that the drug substance produces in a healthy person. Mm-hmm. Right. And what he, what he did was, after six years of proving on people, he decided to try the remedies on the sick people. So he did literally experiment on thousands of people and got gathered all the symptoms down so that he could match these symptoms to the disease of the person. Right. So he didn't really have a lot of remedies, but he had enough to do some good. Mm-hmm. Right. And what he basically would do is he'd give the person a full exam and he questioned them thoroughly about their symptoms what made it better or worse, their general health, how they lived, their outlook on life, you know, everything about them, right? How they reacted to changes of weather. It's all, it's all important. Sure. Cause you can have five people with the same diagnosis. You might treat them five different ways because they're five different people. So the diagnosis doesn't help you so much all the time. Yeah. Right. You know, when you're doing, home, when you're doing homeopathy. Else. Sure. And he would then match the picture of the patient to the picture of the remedy. And he started curing people like left and right, mm-hmm. you know? And the medical board went after him because he's making these remedies himself. He's, he's not a pharmacist. Oh, okay. So, so the medical board put him, he had to move from town to town. It was crazy. <laughs> Underground homeopathy. They said, yeah, you, you, can't make the, you can't make these medicines yourself. And he found that the more he diluted them, and between dilutions, what he would do is he would potentize it. So he would shake or succuss the liquid mm-hmm. that he would make a right. hundred times and then dilute it again, shake it, and this is how it's made today. That was just ingenious to kind of figure that all well, out. Well, he experimented on so many people, yeah. and he found that the more it was diluted, the more powerful the action of the remedy was. Yeah. The opposite of what you would think today, right? right. right? So in um, 1810, he set out his principles, the organon of rational medicine, and then he began teaching homeopathy at the University of Leipzig. But he started to get a lot of medical doctors following because they seen how how we cure different epidemics and things like that. So the dilution of the remedies, we use, um, they come like 60, 30C, 200C, 1M, there's LMs. So like a 6C would be diluting something 10 to the sixth power, okay. which is really dilute. Yeah. The more you dilute it, you go up to, let's say a 1M, which is diluted 10 to the thousandth power. Mm-hmm. The action of the remedy is stronger. Right, right. And it's more dilute. We didn't really know how it worked, but now with modern technology, they've proven that no matter how, like once you dilute it to the 23rd power, there's no molecules. Right. But due to modern technology, they can measure nanoparticles. Okay. A nanoparticle is way smaller than a molecule. But it's based on energy primarily, right? Right. And they can measure the energy, no matter how you dilute it, they can measure the energy left in these nanoparticles from what you originally made it. So it doesn't lose the energy. So wait a minute, they're, they're able to dissect this thing, find that it still has validity to it and still no one right. really wants to use it. Cause there's no money in it. Okay. All right. All right. Interestingly, 10 years ago, I found an article in the annals of internal medicine, premier medical journal. And what they did is they took drugs and they experimented. They diluted them like a homeopathic medicine. Yeah. Cause they thought, why not? This is right? BS. It's sure. not going to even diluting them 10 to the 30th power. They were amazed that the, that the drug still had activity. Mm-hmm. They were still had biological activity in them. 
Right. Okay. And to prove this, I got five pharmacists that do homeopathy. Really? And it's the opposite of what they learned. Yeah, sure. Some of them were trained by Dr. Luke, but I, I know a couple of them really well. Mm-hmm. And they use it because they seen it really amazed them the results that they got with people. Now, Hanneman developed a lot of a lot of followers. And I'll give you a couple interesting things. In 1831, he treated a cholera outbreak in Central Europe. And he also advised people to quarantine infected people. They didn't know about quarantine. Yeah, no. He kept people at a distance. And here's another one. Remember Napoleon Bonaparte? Sure. He cured Napoleon Bonaparte's entire army. They were all dying of typhoid. He mm-hmm. cured the entire army. Wow. And then the other one that's that's quite amazing, probably heard of the Spanish flu epidemic in yeah. 1918. Right. They believe killed 50 million people worldwide. Mm-hmm. And homeopathy was big in Europe and was coming to the United States. Traditional medicine had a 45% death rate. Homeopathy, less than 2%. So you're curing pandemics with uh, homeopathy. Unbelievable. Yeah. <laughs> I, I could go on and on on that. I know you're getting excited here. <laughs> yeah. And next we're gonna we're gonna talk about uh some of the laws and principles Mm -hmm. that are the laws of nature. They never change thousand years from now. Homeopath could practice just like he did today or 200 years ago, because the laws of nature still pertain. They're not going to change. So I want to get into the specific laws and principles of homeopathy. We got to take a break. Yeah. Let's take a quick break. All right. All right, cool. Thanks. Mantos's Center for Alternative and Preventative Medicine in New Jersey will help you find the right solutions for your health and nutritional needs. Each person is different, and our customized approach tailored to individual needs allows us to create achievable goals that are based on your lifestyle and physicality. Our preventative medicine specialists are committed to helping you make the changes you need in your life. To schedule a 30-minute free consultation or for more information, call 732-219-9636 or visit TomMantos.com. You are listening to Speaking of Nutrition with Tom Mantos and Fred Fornicola. Now back to the program. Welcome back, everyone. So, Tom, we're going to discuss the laws and principles of homeopathy. Right. Okay, cool. So he he came up with this, and he had a lot of great doctors in Europe that actually did homeopathy, and he taught in a lot of the universities and things like that because it was so prevalent. Mm-hmm. And, and just especially after Napoleon Bonaparte's army got cured of typhoid, they, they went crazy for that one. Sure. Yeah, that was well documented. And he, he other cases, I could go on and on about it. But the laws that he came up with are called Herring's Laws. And they explain how disease is cured in in homeopathy. Now, let's listen to this. If you ask your doctor, doc, name me one scientific principle modern medicine is based on, he has no answer for you. Mm -hmm. Biochemistry has laws. Physics has laws. Homeopathy has laws. Mm -hmm. Chinese medicine has laws from 5,000 years ago. They don't change. Mm -hmm. All right. For instance, laws of biochemistry, the smallest dose stimulates metabolic activity. That's homeopathy. Mm. A moderate dose inhibits cellular activity, drugs, Mm. modern drugs. Mm -hmm. A high dose destroys cellular activity, drug overdose. Right, right. (laughs) All right, but that applies to that. So here's here's how it goes, and I see this all the time in practice. This one, disease moves from the top of the body downward. You don't always see this one, but like in skin disorders, you might. Let's say you had eczema in your face, your ears, your eyes, yeah. and you're using a remedy. When that disappears and it starts going to your lower extremities, you're on the right track. Okay. If it's going up the body, you're going in the wrong direction. So it's your purge. Yeah, so you can. You don't always see this happen, but that's I have seen it. Um, this you see all the time. Disease is cured from internal to external. In fact, when the body's immune system pushes disease out, from the internal, the best reaction is your skin breaks out. Yeah, there's a lot of manifestations. I know that I had a client that when she had problems, she took homeopathy. She always got the cold sore. Yeah, and that was a result out. of everything coming out. out. Yeah. If you suppress it, it dries it back in. Let me give you a quick example. I see this all the time. Little kids with asthma mm. coming in with asthma. Look at their history. Mm. They had eczema as a baby. Okay, no asthma. Cortisone, cortisone, cortisone drove the eczema internally. Right. What comes? 
asthma. Right. Now they got asthma. Mm -hmm. It can also driving skin disorders and in, internally can cause lupus, rheumatoid arthritis, inflammatory bowel disease, a whole bunch of things. Yeah, but so when you have the kid with asthma, right? Mm -hmm. You give them remedies for the asthma. As the asthma improves, what comes back? The eczema. Right. And then when the asthma is totally gone, then you treat the eczema and clear the eczema. Well, that's the thing. People freak out because they see something else bad happening. They're figuring what your what homeopathy is doing is causing another problem, which let's be honest. I mean, it's a little scary, right? On but, your skin. But, but modern drugs do the same thing. To people well, too, your, but. Your, your skin is an elimination organ. Mm -hmm. So it's safe on the skin. You don't want it in your organs. Right. Am I right? Yeah, sure. <laughs> right. You want to push worse. it out. Sure. Yeah. yeah. Okay. And disease goes away in reverse order of appearance. In other words, the last appearing symptom that you have it's the first one is the go. first to clear. Right. right. The first appearing symptom is the last. last. Right. And you, the may have, you, may have, too, you may right? have layers in your life. Right. The like, first one's usually the most intense. Like, right? Being the last to yeah, leave. Yeah, it's more acute. Right. Acute's right. more intense. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So you got to look at the layers too. Like we, you might have had five major things, events happening in your life that mm. screwed your health up. Yeah. So you got to go to the last one that happened, clear through that. Mm -hmm. And then when you clear up them symptoms, the symptoms that you had of the previous one before that will start to come back up. Yeah. And it'll tell you to switch the remedy to address right. that. See, so body's real systematic about it. Right. So well, these that, are deeper. These are lot. deeper cases than yeah. what we're going to just give examples for today. So, so then, um, a lot of the homeopaths today, and I'm not going to get into why, but anyway, a lot of them were trained by Dr. Kent in the 1920s, and they all used the pellets under the tongue. Right. But Hannerman's latest edition of the Organon, he refuted all that. He found that the water dissolving it in water was superior, and yeah. it is. Right. All right. So not that many homeopaths. They all studied Kent, but if you look at his later editions of the Organon, which is didn't get published till 1950. Right. His wife tried to sell it. Mm -hmm. So everybody was taught off his earlier editions. But Dr. Luke DeShepherds, he's the one that followed Hanneman's water dilution yeah. process. If you go to like India, they, have, they all do water remedies. Yeah. They have the best homeopaths in the yeah. world. But don't some people uh, respond, like my wife responds better to just the pellet than she does water because I've experimented both ways. With it can it. happen. In some ways. But see, <clears throat> if, you, if you have a chronic disease mm -hmm. and you do the pellets under the tongue mm -hmm. and you might aggravate a little bit mm -hmm. with it you, you got no way to adjust that the water remedy i can cut the amount you take sure. i can succuss it make it a little stronger make it a little weaker right. it's it's more just, versatile just for for the listeners to define what you mean by aggravate i know what you mean to tell them a slight intensification of your symptoms because you took a little too much remedy right. and the remedies producing a similar disease so you know you're on the right track right and as your body uses it up you mm -hmm. get improvement Right. So now the next dose, I got to cut your dose in half, mm -hmm. you know, so we're just getting an improvement. We don't want the aggravation. Right. Because you don't want to take it when yeah, you have Yeah, it doesn't to. hurt you or anything. But here's the thing, it's too. It's uncomfortable. What, that's what, it. Well, most people don't recognize it with homeopathy. It's not something like medicine you need to take every day. You take it when you need it. And, right. And the further out that you take it, the better it means your body's healing itself. See, right. In acute things, which are very strong. Mm -hmm you may need to take it three, four times a day. Right, but as you start to go twice a day, every other day, that means your body's improving and yeah. healing itself. And then you may only take it if the I symptoms gradually come back a little bit, take right. another shot. Right. And, you know, I'm gonna, I'll am gonna i go through that with right. the acute cases. Because yeah. chronic, I, I got to do a whole new podcast sure. on those things. Yeah, that's too deep. But how it basically works is this. I'm going to give you like a, a basic kind of a thing. Han uh, Hannerman described what's called the vital force the vital force, it's, think of it like your whole body's immunological system. It's an energy system that animates the organism. Right. So your vital force is, again, what, what's you, your, the remedies are stimulating to get rid of the internal problem, yeah. whatever you're, whatever you're um, facing. Now, the, the, the vital force can be disturbed by stress bad diet, environmental factors, illness, all kinds of different things. Yeah, so when there's a, probably so sure. in some cases, it's an acute thing. It's going to resolve itself eventually, but you want to hasten that. Mm -hmm. I feel like having sore, bruised muscles or a bloody nose for three weeks, right? you know, or whatever, or a cold, it'll take, shorten that greatly. But in a chronic thing, you're kind of stuck with the chronic disease yeah. until you can stimulate because your vital force has been displaced until you can stimulate that with a similar disease. That restores yeah, that's health a long, and well-being. And that's a long-term process. Yeah, so like with a professional that's going to be doing you got you got to go. So yeah, it's, sure. Yeah, that's a whole different ballgame. But again, you can you can do uh, home remedies at home yourself. You know? Yeah, that are simple things. 
so I covered everything. You got to, again, match the remedy to the person. So the, it's a detailed questionnaire. You know? and, but in some cases, and we'll get to this, but in some cases, it's pretty cut and dry. It's black and white. You sprain an ankle, you would take on a yeah, 10 out of 10. Well, let's, talk, like that, let's but... talk about like what people can do at home. Yeah. Because I have a lot of wives. They'll buy a home emergency tag, and they're mm -hmm. so interested in it. They'll treat their kids. Yeah. If they have a question, they might ask me, Tom, what should I do? Yeah. Um, like I, 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 and again, I'm a homeopathic educator. So yeah. I educate. I have them get a cute book. Sure. I educate them to say you do the remedies. The book takes you through it. Yeah. And then they can, you know, it's one of those things. If you're given a remedy for something, then it's the right remedy. Within 24 hours, you're going to be dramatically better. This is actually homeopathy to me is actually safer than giving over to counter drugs in a lot There's of cases. There's no toxicity. Yeah, right. So you could, you could, you could OD somebody on taking too much, you know, uh, uh, Tylenol or Easy. You know, anything. Homeopathy. Yeah. You could, I've had a couple of times I had the health food store call me up. I remember last year, the lady, her baby ate a whole <laughs> bottle of arsenicum. Oh. which is a great homeopathic brand. It's made from arsenic, but again, oh. there's no molecules. It's just the nanoparticles. Sure. Yeah. What should I do? You know, and I said, don't, don't worry about it. Nothing's mm -hmm. going to happen. Mm -hmm. Baby's fine. Mm -hmm. You know, there's no poison in there. Right. Or anything like that. You know? Uh, so we talked about the vital force. The, what I want to do is take you through how you could do acute remedies. And again, acute disorder is something that just happened within the last day or two or within the last several weeks. A chronic disease is one which develops over a long time and does not go away by itself. So you leave that up to the professionals. Right. And we're going to talk about acute home remedies. Again, obviously, in an emergency thing, you go to the hospital. Sure. You know what I mean? Yeah, we don't question that. What I do is like, you know, if you're treating your kid for, let's say, a fever or strep throat or whatever, because mm -hmm. it, it takes all that, it heals all that. Within 24 hours, if they're not 50% better or more, then you go to the doctor. Right. I mean, it's common sense. Or, or you got the wrong remedy. Right. But you, know? you don't take risk with that. It's no, you don't sense, take though. risk. You can, and you can do the remedies in long distance, what but, the doctor's but, giving you. Well, I was going to say, because people are too afraid to mix when they're taking medication. I hear this all the time. What is this remedy? I can't take this because, like, look at rust tox, right? Yeah. It's from poison ivy. Right. But people are like, I'm allergic to poison ivy. I'm like, it's not going to hurt you. Look, I don't tell them to do it. I just say it's not going to bother you, but you have to use your own discretion. Yeah. I'm taking this medication. Is this going? It's to... actually a great remedy for poison. I know, <laughs> but it's hard. It's a it's a quote unquote hard sell to people when they hear that. You know, is this contraindicating if I take this and I'm taking this particular medication? No, right. I, I know that. Nothing. I had a conversation right. the other day with somebody. I'm like, you're apprehensive about taking something homeopathy, but you don't mind taking all these other drugs. I don't understand that. You know, but you can't force that on anybody. It's just it's just a difference of opinion about that point. There's but. never been one bit of harm in over 200 years of using homeopathy to anyone and on the like, planet. And you could treat the baby. You don't even have to worry and, about it. And like you baby. said, we're, the worst part of it is that you're going to aggravate. Your symptoms might be heightened, but that's it. The, the illness doesn't get worse. The symptoms are just heightened. It's not like you have a fever. It's going to pop your fever way high. It's just going to intensify. In an acute things. thing, you're not going to really aggravate. Right. Only in chronic diseases. Yeah, but you, you know, we, don't you remember telling me the story about the the guy who was doubtful and he took arnica like several times a day and he felt like he just got hit by a bus because arnica. Well, that was the dentist I was trying to prove it worked to. Right, he and mocked, you did. He mocked me all the time. Yeah, yeah so. and he was shocked. He actually studied homeopathy for for uh, a year with me in Boston. So a convert. Yeah. yeah well, that's cool. He mocked me, man. Yeah. So I, I taught him a lesson. Yeah. And you didn't have to, you didn't have to put lay <laughs> Didn't hurt him. No, nope. I was going to say, you didn't have to lay a hand on him. I gave him enough. I told him, keep taking arnica to you until it causes sore bruise muscles. I had, and, uh, it did, man. I recommended a girl. She twisted her ankle. I recommended arnica Montana. I told her to, to dilute it in water, right? And told her how to succuss it and take it. And I tell people, pour, so they don't overdo it. I say, actually pour it in the cap. So you have a certain amount. Well, so the next day she came in, she goes, oh my God. She goes, I feel like I got hit by a bus. I go, were you taking the Arnica? She said, yeah, I drank the whole bottle yesterday. I'm like, no, just a sip. That's what I said. Just a sip. She said, oh, I didn't know that. And she felt the results well, of the fact me, of it. She aggravated from it. Yeah. Well, had the right well, let me tell the people kind of a way to do it. And I'm going to give them a really good book, which kind of really details. It's by my teacher, Dr. Luke. But generally for acute thing, you only need to know a few things. Okay. Where is the complaint located? What does it feel like? Sharp, bruised, pain, sore, there's burning, itching, whatever. What affects the chief complaint? The headache may be worse from like bright light or the slightest movement, which would be Byronia, right, the remedy. Right. Um, 
what caused the problem? Did you fall on your ass? You know, sprained an ankle plane. Yeah, did you did you picked up a flu somewhere or whatever? And what are the main what main symptoms? Like, what do you feel? I feel feverish. I feel a little dizzy. I feel weak. I feel nauseous in my stomach. And you can figure out the acute remedy. Get I'm going to tell you about a good, really good acute book. So what what you do is, if you're going to use a remedy, and they they sell all these in the health food stores. Uh, most most of the potencies that you, that you'd want to use. So for acute problems, you want to use higher potencies because acute is strong. So you'd use 30 C, or you get a 200 C, or you get a 1 M, which is a thousand C. Are, are they hard to come by? Because I used to see 200 C in the stores all the time, health food stores. Now I see the 30 C. Yeah, no, Amazon yeah. has them. Yeah. But. So for chronic disease, you got to go slower. Because it's a long term, sure. it's not going to resolve itself. It's a drip, drip, drip. So process. you would use a six C. You could use a thirty C, but no higher. You're right. And the LM LM potencies, which is Tannerman's last developed dose potency that he ever developed. Mm. So those those are really good. Um, and what you do is you put a pellet in eight ounces of water, like in a water bottle. Don't touch the pellet. Yeah, you're not supposed to touch it. And wait a minute, just to clarify, because uh, you're used to doing this. You're recommending a plastic cup or a small plastic bottle, not not a glass, right? Everything should be plastic. Well, you, you don't want to impregnate your right your silverware. So, but basically, saying. for acute, you just take it out of the bottle, right? You can so just you get a, just a standard Aquafina water bottle, and you're good. Yeah, yeah. Pour out half of it. Yeah. Throw a pellet. Don't touch it. Put a pellet in there. Dissolve it in eight ounces. Now, what you do is shake it up about ten times each time you do it. Yep. Just take a sip or a tablespoon three times a day. Well, like I said, I use the cap as a measuring right? tool. Or if it's a little stronger thing, you could take you could take it as needed. Oh, I took it. I feel good for two hours. Now it's all coming back. Take another dose. Right, but keep in mind that you're not supposed to just randomly take it. You take it when you need well, it. Only when it's symptoms. So you, are if you feel back. an improvement, a slightest improvement means you have the right remedy. And then when that when that starts to dissipate and you start to feel those symptoms intensify. That's when you take another shot if you need to. Right. And if you really feel like uh, it's something more, you know, strenuous, on, like you really, let's say you're going to use Arnica for sore bruised muscles and you really got bruised up, man. I don't know. You boxed Mike Tyson or something. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you could take a dose every 15, a sip every 15 minutes for the first hour and then you're going to get a, a good relief from it. Yeah. And then as needed after that, maybe right. three, four times a day. Right. And you're going to, it's have, very easy to do. Right. And you're going to be sore. It's like anything else. If you were taking ibuprofen, it takes a couple of days, but you're quickly, hastily reducing, oh, it, reducing the intensity. It's amazing. in in yeah. uh, it's really amazing in acute things. Yeah, yeah. Like I can't tell you how many mothers I had that I taught how to do. Kids had strep throat mm -hmm. diagnosed by the doctor. Mm -hmm. Oh, you need antibiotic. The mother, the remedy is mercurial solubilis because yeah. they know it. You know, I taught them that. Yeah. And uh, within a day or two, the strep throat's totally gone. They didn't even have to go back to the doctors. They never took any antibiotics or anything like that. Really? That's cool. Yeah, it's yeah. wild. Yeah. You know what? I have to, uh, We're going to have to take another quick All right. break, though. I'm going to uh, talk about some of the epidemics. Mm -hmm. Maybe we'll talk about some some cases because people, here's the thing. What about the placebo effect? Yeah. Okay, so we're, what we're we'll going to do. talk about that placebo What we're going to do it. is. We're going to talk about animals and babies because yeah. there's no placebo. Nope. And um, I got some wild cases. Me too. Okay. We'll be right back. Thanks. Tom Mantos's Center for Alternative and Preventative Medicine in New Jersey will help you find the right solutions for your health and nutritional needs. Each person is different, and our customized approach tailored to individual needs allows us to create achievable goals that are based on your lifestyle and physicality. Our preventative medicine specialists are committed to helping you make the changes you need in your life. To schedule a 30-minute free consultation or for more information, call 732-219-9636 or visit TomMantos.com. You are listening to Speaking of Nutrition with Tom Mantos and Fred Fornicola. Now back to the program. Okay, folks, we're back. Let me go quickly through some of the different epidemics that are pretty impressive. So in the 19th century, scarlet fever, leading cause of death in childhood diseases, the mortality rate was over 30%. Treated with homeopathic medicine, less than 3%. The mortality rate for our yellow fever in the 19th century was between 20 and 70%. Under homeopathic care, 1%. 
It's amazing, right? I told you about the Spanish sure. flu thing. Uh, smallpox outbreak in the 19th century is effectively cured with homeopathy and using it preventatively, taking the smallpox NOSA preventatively, uh, Dr. Compton Burnett did over 25,000 cases preventatively in epidemic areas. Not one person ever got smallpox. See, what I love about homeopathy is the preventive because I do a flu prevention. Only when there's an epidemic. Yeah, but like you know every, I mean? every winter, I always have to do my flu prevention. Flu prevention. It's, it's awesome. huge. Yeah. yeah. Instead of getting flu shot. Yeah, which yeah. I would never do. Yeah. So We know that. Uh, so look at death from prescription medications. There are over 100,000 people each year. It's the fifth leading cause of death in the United States. Homeopathic medicine used over 200 years, no death, no illness, no mm-hmm. trauma, nothing bad happens to anybody. Okay. And then I'm going to talk about, because they're like, well, where's the scientific backup? Well, now with modern technology, we, we can measure these things. Right. And it's written up in things like the New England Journal of Medicine, the British Journal of Pharmacology, the Lancet, the but Journal of Biological Expense Medical Affairs. Now, there's over thousands of studies now compiled on homeopathic medicine on all different problems. Uh, third world country, children's diarrheal disease, outperformed all the medications. There's all kinds of studies done on it. So if you go to like Great Britain, about 42% of the medical doctors um, do homeopathic medicine. The whole royal family in, in, uh, in England has been doing homeopathy since 1830. King George the sixth um, of England named his horse Hypericum, which is a remedy that he used to cure his intractable back pain. He named his horse that. Okay. Uh, if you go to French, about thirty-nine percent of French doctors prescribe it. Twenty percent of German doctors, forty-five percent of Dutch doctors consider homeopathic medicines very effective. And in India, which I followed a lot, of, the Indian doctors are fabulous sure. with this. India passed the Homeopathic Medicine Act in 1973. So in India, homeopathic medicine is mm-hmm. a primary care medicine. Really? Yeah. yeah. No, I'll. And then I think my last talk, if you want to listen to that on a roundtable, I talked to you about the cancer studies yeah. that they did that yeah. were published in the American Journal of Clinical Oncology. Yeah. Nothing even comes close to it. Mm. But we're not going to use it in the United States because the drug companies aren't going to make any money on it. You literally could change, treat your entire family for the flu for two cents. Right. You know how cheap the remedies are. Yeah, right. They're five, you know? six dollars for a whole yeah. bottle. Yeah. No yeah. For so the pharmaceutical years. industry, they're they're all freaking corrupt. Yeah. I, I could tell you the whole history. That's, that's, I could do a whole that's podcast segment number on it. two on this stuff. Oh man, it, it's unbelievable. So using you know cute remedies at home. There's a, a great book if you really want to do this, and it'll take you through step by step. Everything about it has the history in. It's written by my teacher, Dr. Luke DeShepper, D-E, and then capital S-C-H-E-P-P-E-R. And it's called The People's Repertory. And it's your guide to safe, effective homeopathic remedies for first aids, colds and flus, women's health issues, emotional upsets and a whole bunch of stuff. It's, it's, it's an a awesome great book. book. I've had it for book. 25 oh years and I, it's a reference. It's, it's so beat up. My book is so beat yeah, up. I reference it all the time. You can get it on Amazon or I'm, we're going to take a picture of the book and put it on our uh, Instagram. Mm. You can do that, right? Cause yeah. I don't know how to do it. Yeah, that's <laughs> So we're, you could click on our Instagram link mm. and go in. We have a lot of good pictures on there, but I'll have the book in there. If you want to order it, it's, it's inexpensive. So that's pretty much using the acute remedies at home. Again, you have to, you can actually get a, a home remedy kit. You can order them online. Like you can get what, it. Boron? I said, how you pin it? Boron, boron. Yeah, yeah. You sure. can get a 30C home yeah. emergency kit. They'll send you all the common remedies that you need for home use. Just an FYI, everyone, that when you get these um, homeopathic remedies, you're talking, they're small, it's in a small tube. There's 80 t- t- pellets in the tube, six or $7 for all 80. Usually the, the unless you get the small number ten pellets, then there's about three hundred pellets. Oh right, yeah, the really tiny ones. More like the oslogan, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But they have they recommend five, three to five tablets under the tongue. What Tom is suggesting, based on uh, Hanneman's last information, is just to take one pellet, don't right. touch it, dilute it. That that eighty tablets that'll last your lifetime. What happens is when you dilute it in water, the entire water becomes the energy of the right, remedy. Right. 
Right. So it's greater surface area. The other thing, you know, I forgot to mention, try to take the remedies 20 minutes from food and an hour from coffee. Right. That's the only thing that might interfere with the yeah. action of the remedy. Right. Brushing you your know? teeth, things like that. Yeah. Just, just keep it. Just take it away from, take it, from, take it away from right. there. Just the other question, too, is we talked about this before. When you have a dilution already done, right, and you're getting low, you can just add more water to that, right? Yeah. So you For don't cube, want, yeah. you don't want to use tap water. You want to use I use like spring water, anything, even Brita water. Yeah, whatever. Right. You just want to stay away from the water. tap so there's no chlorine or anything. Yeah, I don't want to drink that anyway. Well, no, but I'm just letting the <laughs> folks know is keep it as pure as possible. Yeah, right? yeah. But the placebo thing, like, let let me give you. We're going to give you a couple of quick stories. It's going to be animal stories because I love animals. And, and no placebo. I, we have there. amazing story. So the second week of class, I, I told the story how Dr. Luke pulled my mother out of the grave. She gave me a year. She went to doctors for 25 years and she was like one foot in the grave. And he healed my mother's entire case within the year. I was just blown away. I said, I got, you know, and then he started classes. Right. So the second week of class, now I'm trained in biochemistry and stuff and I'm having trouble understanding homeopathy. You know, I got preconceptions about it. My, my brain wasn't open and I'm like, Man, I'm having a little trouble. You know, Dr. Luke's teaching, but there's so many years I needed to study. And uh, so at the time, my cat, Shirley, and I believe it was after a vaccine she had a year before, because after the damn vaccine, every month she got bladder infections. Yeah. She's never had them before. Mm-hmm. And I got to the point where I couldn't do anything with them. Like I'm giving her antibiotics and acidifiers every freaking month. Mm-hmm. She'd have it for like a week, 10 days, and was getting longer and longer. So I go to Dr. Luke after class. I go, Doc, man, can you help my, my cat, you know? Mm-hmm. And he said, well, Tom, you know, he's from Belgium. You know, I love Dr. Luke. And uh, he goes to his, I tell him about the cat, mm-hmm. pissing blood everywhere. And uh, right in the, just had gotten the thing on Friday. This was Sunday, Sunday after class. He goes in his kit. He pulls out some remedies. He says, I'll make water. And uh, I had some empty syringe. I just squirt it in the cat's mouth, give it to the cat three times a day. Right. Right. So the remedy was cantharis. Mm-hmm. Now cantharis is Spanish fly. Right. Spanish fly they gave when they had orgies in the <laughs> days of the Romans to the women as an aphrodisiac. Uh, but the side effect, they would get horrible bladder, bladder infections, right. yeah. piss and blood. Yeah. So see, it produced a similar bladder infection. Right. Well, I'm not even kidding. I gave the cat a dose Sunday night. <clears throat> one dose in the morning on Monday. Symptoms totally mm-hmm. were gone. And they never came back again. Mm. So then I'm I'm bought. I'm sure. like, this is a cat. Like <laughs> you're right, no placebo. My cat didn't know what I was giving. No. Right. And I work, I actually took my cat. I'll tell you my one story. Um it started out horrible for me, but it turned out wonderful. So I finally um, my cat Jekyll, who came to me about eight years ago, he was a stray cat. He always seemed to drink a lot of water. He must have gotten points. Well, anyway, I'm I moved, I took him with him, I bonded with him, and, you know, and I loved this cat. So I took him to the vet, regular vet, and turned out he had a, uh, I, I had a suspicion because he drank a lot of water and peed a lot that he had kidney disease, sure. right? So the vet gave me this stupid low-protein diet to give it, almost killed the cat. So I went to, I knew about this one vet, Dr. Rose Manciano in uh, Colts Neck. Mm-hmm. The only vet that studied classical homeopathy. So if you go to a homeopath, you want to get a classical homeopathy, the original way it was taught. It's the only vet that studied a classical homeopathy. All the other vets have like a bastardized system. Yeah. She changed the cat's diet, gave him a high protein diet, whatever. Right. And uh, a year, two, two and a half years ago in September. Right. Right. Over the months, Jekyll, my cat, he's losing, he's all bald, like his whole side of his body's losing all his fur is coming out. And I'm like, shit, you know? And um, then all of a sudden, the cat is like on the, his deathbed. He went into total renal failure. And all the stench of secretions were coming out of him. I had to wrap him in blankets. He couldn't eat. He couldn't walk. He couldn't do anything. And uh, I am just freaking out. Sure. Right. I called Dr. Dr. Rose. Doc, what am I going to do? She goes, he's in renal failure. I said, he ain't going to make it a couple of days. You got to come up to the office. She actually met me at the office and gave me IV bag of fluids to mm-hmm. IV him and flush his kidneys out. Uh-huh. So I had to stick in a big 18-gauge needle in the back of his neck. And oh. I didn't care. Like, I'm flipping out. Right. So it, it pulled him through a couple of days. Now, 
I repertorized the case, like I, what I thought was the remedy, but I want the vet there because this is serious. You know, the vet looks a little different. So I, I go to Dr. Rose. I said, doc, I said, I think the remedy is sulfur. Mm-hmm. And she concurred. I think the remedy is sulfur. Mm-hmm. She goes, we're going to try it. But if it doesn't help, you know, put him this, like he ain't going to make it. Right. You know, he's a de- day or two more. Mm-hmm. So I gave him 30 C in a bottle, a little, you know, squirt yeah. syringe. Yeah. Sunday night. I put him on the couch. I wrapped him up in a blanket and I'm, I'm like, Believe me, I'm flipping. It's like sure. I'm losing my mother. Not, not really. <laughs> I know. Yeah. And I didn't know what to expect. So the, the next the next day, I woke up. Mm. Jekyll's walking around. Mm. He eats his breakfast. Right? I'm I'm like, if I was like blown away. I'm sure. like, but I've seen this with other things yeah, yeah, happen, but I, I didn't know if it was going to help him. Right. You know, I didn't yeah. know if his vital force was too drained out. Yeah, sure. All the secretion stopped. I gave him one more dose in two weeks. All his hair over the months, all his hair grew back in. Mm-hmm. It's two and a half years later. Mm. He's like a kitten. Really? He eats constantly. Yeah. Right? He plays with the feral cat that I brought that he bonded with. Mm-hmm. They run up and down the stairs mm-hmm. all chasing each mm-hmm. other. So he, he has near, tremendous energy. So he was near death and got out of two and a half years. Yeah. yeah. And well, I mean, I had a similar story. If, if you remember, I had my uh we had I had my dog. Um, 25 years ago, he had a uh-huh. he had a stroke from uh, Rocky Mountain spotted fever. He got a tick bite. Yeah. So the vet's like, he he just face was collapsing. He just was bad. He just poor thing was just stumbling around. Uh, he was a big dog too. It was hard for me to help him get around. And everything he was just laying there. You advised me to give him arnica. I gave it to him right. three times a day in a syringe, like you said. Right. Shook it, boom. He's like, I don't know if this dog's going to make it. And I said, Well, I'm going to try. I'm not going to let him suffer, but I'm going to try. Couple of days went by, seemed to do better, seemed to do better. Three weeks later, my wife's taken him for mile, two mile walks. He and he lasted. He was an older guy too. He was about nine or ten when this happened. Yeah, and that and type he of lasted. Dog. Yeah, and he lasted another year and a half, two years, and he died not of that reason, but he had old age, whatever. Would the, the vet say? He was just like he was amazed, you know. But I didn't get into the the reasons yeah, why. I, it's not I, worth I, it. I, yeah, but but yeah. point being is that you know we talk about placebo. And coincidences and stuff, you know, that doesn't happen. Not when you see dramatic no. cases no. like that. I like had a situation where I cut myself badly, real bad. I couldn't stop the bleeding. All right. I put cold compress water pressure. I decided to take one hit of a phosphorus. Mm-hmm. And literally, like a two minutes later, the bleeding stopped. You want to say coincidence? Fine. I mean, but, you know, I smashed my finger a year and a half ago. <laughs> Too much stuff is happening to me. Just yeah, oh, I've but I remedies. smashed my finger. And I put, I took some calendula and I took some phosphorus to stop the bleeding, the calendula to help healing. My wife's like, you're going to need stitches. My finger was just, I, and I refused to go. I waited an hour and I bandaged it up and it kept bleeding. But I took phosphorus then when I went to the urgent care and I took it off. I was waiting to see her to say, you know what? You got to get stitches. All of a sudden I take it off. My wife's eyes just get all bugged out. She's like, you're not even bleeding. And the nurse said, you don't need anything. You're healing already. Yeah. So it healed a little. Well, it started to heal. Yeah, yeah, it started to heal already. Well, the reason arnica, which is great for sore, bruised muscles, what arnica does is absorb blood. Right. So, give me an example. God forbid, you know, someone gets a stroke or I get a stroke. What I'm going to do is, I'm going to take a whole vial of arnica mm. and throw it in my mouth and dissolve it under my tongue. I don't have time to dissolve it in water on my way to the hospital. Right. But you're going to see tremendous improvement. Sure. Over that over that period of time. Like I'll give you an example. And I've worked with other vets with animals, and they are absolutely amazed. Yeah. Like my ex-wife, she had horses. Mm. This is back in 98. And for one horse buck, they get um these big abscesses in their legs. Mm-hmm. And he's all he's all crippled, right? So my wife had worked for uh, Dr. Clayman, who was a vet for Mama Thrace Power, Mark, mm-hmm. but he did acupuncture and stuff, so he was pretty okay. cool. But he didn't really do homeopathy; he knew about it. I gave that horse heparsulfan silica in a 10 cc syringe, two doses. Yeah, he goes, "You're going to have to keep the horse out of the field for over two weeks." Mm-hmm. In two days, it was completely healed, yeah. and he was just. Blown away. Right? He was blown away. He yeah. was like, I've never seen that happen on a horse ever. Well, you know, to, to, you know, to help wrap this up for people in general, like you, you, we're just trying to give you advice as we've been doing for the other 12 podcasts about how to 
approach things healthy in a healthy manner with exercise and proper nutrition and supplementation and homeopathy, in my opinion, and of course, Tom's, it, it fits into that category. It all plays into treating yourself in a, in the most holistic manner that you can. And, and, and also, uh, well, I can just give myself as an example, the effects it has on like the severe depression and anxiety oh, yeah, and mentally, it's phenomenal. No, it where people are able to go off all their medicate, you know, yeah. you, you, I've seen well, many that's past, for, and that's like, for somebody, kinds of things. Right. Like, and that's for somebody with a real knowledge base to help people through yeah. those situations. And you have to work with your medical doctor because you of never, course. you never stop your medication. No. Only no. when your doctor says, Oh, you're much better. So we can cut it in half. Right. Gonna, right. You know, you let right. your doctor handle that. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I always wanted to bring this to light because we've, now we both have been, you know, indirectly practicing, meaning helping other people and using it ourselves, and felt this was an important piece of the puzzle to to add to all the what we've been talking about for, like I said, the last twelve podcasts. And um, you know, we wanted to make sure that this was uh, was brought to light. Well, I'll tell you, I'll tell you a quick story. Okay. Dr. Luke Totals, when he was in China mm. doing lectures on homeopathic medicine, mm. and in China they got bad food and water. Right. So he was on a, a bus and there was like 50 people on the bus and they all got food poisoning. I remember this. Dr. Story. Luke yeah. told us about yeah. it. You see the story. Yeah. They all got food poisoning. Mm. So they couldn't go anywhere because mm. all you heard was, you know, people had to run out of the bus and sure. they had explosions. Yeah, sure. Right. Yeah. He always has his kids with him. Oh, yeah. So the remedies are arsenicum, right? Right. Mm -hmm. For like Montezuma's revenge. Yeah, sure. He put a pellet of arsenicum in everybody's water bottle. He uh -huh. said, as soon as you get the urge, you shake it up real good and take a sip. Yeah. All he heard was, <laughs> you know, people succussion it, people yeah. succussion. <laughs> now, one person had, had diarrhea. Wow. It, it, yeah. it starved it off in all 50 people. Wow. Yeah, wow. acutely. Yeah. And uh, that was the end of Save it. Save the bus ride. <laughs> hey, yeah. yeah. So listen, we're gonna we're gonna finish up here today. It was okay. our last podcast for a while. We Is it? Th oh yeah. man. We want to thank everyone for listening. If you have any questions, feel free to email Tom at uh, tommantos at gmail.com. Is that correct? Yeah, gmail.com. Right. And visit tommantos.com and uh, fitbyfred.net. Yeah, and the, also I want to thank everybody for for listening. I hope we, we helped you with you know guiding you in the right direction and gave you good useful information. But we are gonna be back. I just got to take a break for a while. I'm not sure the exact date, but we're definitely coming back. Yeah. We really love yeah, doing, these talks. doing this. Appreciate doing this too. It's fun. Thanks everyone. Thanks, everyone. Thank you for listening this week to Tom Mantos Speaking of Nutrition with co-host Fred Bornicola. We have new episodes every week on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. Please join us again soon as we continue your personal journey to better health. Center for Alternative and Preventative Medicine in New Jersey will help you find the right solutions for your health and nutritional needs. Each person is different, and our customized approach tailored to individual needs allows us to create achievable goals that are based on your lifestyle and physicality. Our preventative medicine specialists are committed to helping you make the changes you need in your life. To schedule a 30-minute free consultation or for more information, call 732-219-9636 or visit TomMantos.com.